0: Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. All right, so last week, how did you like that message? Man, and if you if you've missed it, go back and watch it. Let me tell you, this message was so good, Satan came at us immediately. The very next day, Shelly said, B.J., the video's not there. What? What do you mean it's not there? She sent me a screenshot because the problem was me and Bo could still see it because we're administrators to the account. Now, I got a message saying, hey, you have problems with your music or whatever. That's normal, actually, and we have to just sort of deal with it. But they've never shut us down. So B.J. sent in a, a dispute about it, which Sony accepted, Bo, by the way yes all right um but we do have a link up to the youtube version of it it should be back on the uh, church page so please guys that was such an impactful service last week and you need to continue to share that because i'm still getting testimonies from that message last week so last week was powerful it spoke to us In different ways that was what was so beautiful from from young people to old people it spoke to everybody last week male and female it didn't matter so if you missed it go back and watch it but what caught me what stood out to me the most as Leslie was speaking was when she talked about her roots being in Jesus Christ in other words her identity being in Jesus Christ now, we're all country folks. So, you understand that a healthy plant needs healthy roots, right? And we, we understand how that works. But, you know, what do roots do? Just, just for those of you that flunk science. <laughs> that would have been me, by the way. I stunk at science. But it delivers the roots of a plant or a tree. It delivers the nutrients. It delivers water to the plant, right? So many factors go into the health of a plant. Um, the container it's in, how much water, the the type of soil, is there enough nutrients, on and on and on. Jerry could talk to us all day about what we need for good roots, I bet. Because he, he prepares all year. Man, I, see, I just get excited because summer's coming. And summer means Jerry's ministry is coming. <laughs> and everybody that knows, they know, right? Yeah. Now I'm most fascinated by our big tree. You know, you know that's why I, I so many tree symbols pop up around here is our big tree. I love just the thought of what that oak tree has seen. Alvin, could it tell us some tales? Probably about who who sat under it. And and actually, as I was looking up about roots, this amazed me. Like I I thought I knew, but I didn't know roots of an oak tree. Usually very shallow in the ground, most times, depending on the water source. And we know that one's shallow because we run over it and it throws everything sideways in your car when you hit those big roots out there, right? But did you know that the roots of an oak tree, the way it spreads out, can reach up to three to seven times the diameter of that crown? I want you to think about that when you go outside today and you look at this tree and how wide it is and just imagine it just stretching even one time either way, how far those roots are going to go. That's why when we had thought about, you know, looking at trying to get a grant for paving, I wasn't a proponent of paving because I'm scared of what it could do to our tree by covering all of that area that it needs for the water and the nutrients to get down to it. So we look at trees, we look at plants, we admire how beautiful they are, but we give little thought sometimes to what's underneath the ground, don't we? We forget. As a Christian, we do the same things. Sometimes we look at people and, oh, well, they're a good Christian, but we don't really understand the roots of what it takes to be a good Christian. So when we think of those mamas that led us to Christ... They had some pretty good roots to get us there. Now our church has what we call articles of faith. Pop quiz, how many articles of faith are there? Don't answer, don't answer. I'm looking at the two that I know know this. Eh. Was that the pastor's wife at the back that got it wrong? And now we know that I'm the one getting ordained and he's not. (laughs) Alvin, how many articles of faith do we have? articles of faith. Oh, Brittany. Oh, I'm so glad I'm teaching this. We have 16 articles of faith. This means I stunk in, in membership class. I'm telling you, (laughs) let me get Thomas back here. Okay. Do what? Yeah. 15 was close. He just, there must be one he threw out. If you're ever interested, go to Nazarene.org, look up our manual, you can find it. But here's what, I just got through studying it, by the way. So, you know, I have an upper leg. I had ordination interview, I had to know these things. Um, in fact, it turned into sort of a funny because it's really what I've stunk at the most these last several years is knowing each article and a scripture to go with it, by the way. At this age, we don't memorize things, do we people? No, um, and so I really struggled, but I nailed it this year. And usually they just say, well, tell us one or two of your favorites or what affects you. So I was prepared, okay, I know them all, but I just need a couple. No, the oldest gentleman on the board wanted me to tell every single one of them, and I was like, all 16. He said, yes. He said, can you do it, and I said, with scripture, he said, well, since you mentioned it, yes. <laughs> Dr. Askerman was like, stop talking now, BJ. You're digging a bigger hole here. But I did it. I did it. And then when I get done, they start talking about, we should have videoed that. I thought they were kidding. They were serious. They wanted a video of it. So they made me come home and make a video of this, of telling the 16 articles of faith. Um, but I'm so glad I did. And, and I did it by writing in my Bible. I've got little marks everywhere that goes with each one. But here's the deal. As I began to really learn them, like I've known them, but to really learn them, I realized they kind of group in certain orders, things that are important to our faith. Now, you have to understand, our articles of faith are solely based on Scripture. Like, these are the core things of the Bible, we believe, as Nazarenes. And they're pretty consistent with other churches, by the way. This isn't something weird that we're pulling out that you're like, well, I've never heard this before. Yeah, you have. You have. So maybe as a newer Christian, this series that I'm doing called Roots will be the first time that you've heard some of this stuff. And that's okay. Maybe you're not a newer Christian and it's just like checking your roots to make sure Everything's healthy. Like, I've not thought about that in a long time. So, the series is called Roots. And it's going to take us a few weeks to get through this because I sure wasn't preaching to you 16 articles of faith in one day, right? But I want you to grasp on because some of you have already tuned out. Like, you're like, oh, I don't need to learn this. Yes, you do. We all need our roots. You see that was what Leslie impacted me with last week. Because I've known Leslie a long time and she knows God. She knows Jesus. But she still had to learn her identity in Christ. And you only do that when you start putting on your own roots. Because some of you are like me, you wasn't raised in the church and somebody planted a seed and it grew. Some of you, you've been in the church, you were probably born in one of the old, old, old pews, and you're an offshoot of somebody else's faith. You still need your own roots. Because what is it, what, is, what do we call that? A, a root sucker that you pinch off of plants? We call it, we call it our apron strings with our kids, right? You still gotta grow and make it your faith. Not grandmas and not mamas. So the first thing I want to talk about is our, our first article is the triune God. All right. So we believe that God is one eternally existent God. There's one God. All right. He's infinite. He's the sovereign creator. He's the sustainer of the universe. He's holy in nature, and that word triune means the Trinity. He's expressed to us in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Brittany did a great job picking out those songs this morning because it expressed that this morning. Genesis chapter 1, if you've got a Bible, turn there. Man, let me start encouraging you. If you don't bring your Bible to church, start. We'll get there on that one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Me and Brittany started singing. Anybody, Kathy, Shelley, y'all remember that old VBS song? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, man, we saw. You remember, yes. That still sticks in my head. So in the beginning, God created. This is so important for you to grasp on who God is. He's not a God that we serve, but he's the God of the universe. Everything that is in nature, in this world, you and I, God created it. See, when we, when we grasp onto that thought, it changes how we have to look at people. It changes how we look at the world, how we treat the world. He's the creator, the sustainer. He is holy in nature. Leviticus 19, 2, God said, be holy because I am holy. That's important to understand. God is a holy God. What does that mean? God doesn't have sin. He cannot sin, and he doesn't have sin in his presence. Now, the Trinity is revealed in three persons, and it's important that you understand to to, to know their persons. the Holy Spirit is a person and one of the scriptures that clearly give us this evidence is in Matthew chapter three at the baptism of jesus so John and and Jesus argue over, you know, because Jesus comes to John, and says, hey, you need to baptize me. And John says, no, 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 I'm not even good enough for that. You, you need to be the one baptizing me. And they go through their little argument, but Jesus always wins. And then it says in verse 16, after his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. We see the triune God expressed in this verse. Because we see the Son, we hear the Father, and the Spirit came down as a dove. That's our evidence of the Trinity. And it's important, though, that you begin to grasp this because Other religions and and people that want to dispute, they're like, yeah, okay, we believe in God. We believe there was Jesus. But Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit that lives in you and I is God. How, BJ? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I could give you all these modular uh, examples of water and ice and steam, but it still doesn't explain it, does it? Like, we really can't but that's where faith comes in that's where we understand sometimes we don't get all answers figured out you know and and when i when i talk about god being the creator you have to understand now i am a believer in creation as i read it i haven't always I had teachers like you that taught me about evolution and things like that. And I taught, you know, we look at science and by the way, science isn't evil. In fact, usually good science winds up coming back to kind of coincide with what we already know. But here's why I came back full circle to believe in creation as I read it because I believe God spoke and things began to happen. Like, As humans, science gets so ever close to thinking they can create humans, but they can't because they're using things that have already been created. God took nothing and made something through the power of his words. Now, why do I think this is important? Because when we talk about Jesus Christ being born of a virgin, that's impossible, science says not when God speaks, not when the Holy Spirit moves. So if I can believe in that miracle, I can believe in the miracle that God spoke and things began to happen. That's okay. Even if you're a science-loving person, that's still okay to believe that it all started with God's words. And that's a powerful place to start. Now the second... Article we have is, it expands then on who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the second person in the Godhead. He's one with the Father. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit. Incarnate simply means he became human by the Holy Spirit through the birth to the Virgin Mary. In other words, Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Now, I know you guys are looking at me like, BJ, we know this, but do you know that you know that you know? Because you see, when we leave this room, there's a world out there that says, well, Jesus was a good prophet, right? He had some good things, but I don't know if he was really God. Like, I think God sent him. No, he was really God. He died for our sins. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He now intercedes for you and I. And I love when I look up scriptures, John chapter 1 is where I usually will go when we're talking about Jesus. John chapter 1, because John's version of the gospel is all about telling us who Jesus was. Like, he didn't get bogged down in all the historical things and the, you know, things that might have mattered to the Jews as far as um, whose family he came from and those kind of things. He just wanted us to know who Jesus Christ is. And look at these words, in the beginning. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. The word was Jesus Christ. When you look at the original word logos, what that means is it's the divine expression of God that came forth as man. The word in the beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, the word was with God. You see, Jesus was not an afterthought. Jesus was not a, oops, exit plan for us. You know, God didn't go through the the centuries going, man, these humans, they can't get it right, and I just need to figure this out. No, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. So in that moment of creation, when God spoke, Jesus was the word. Jesus, in fact, it goes on that says, everything that was created was created through him. Jesus already existed. He is God. And so some of you, maybe, maybe you grew up here in that, okay, yeah, I know this, PJ, I know who Jesus is, but somebody doesn't. You see, you have to remember, when I am preaching up here, I need to remember, even if there's just one of you sitting there that didn't get it, you need to get it. Even if one person online, this is the first time they've heard about who Jesus is, they need to get it. As part of my ministry, when I was a kid and I went to church the couple of times, I remember sitting in that Sunday school class and everybody knew but me. Until it finally got to a question about Noah and the ark. And I happened to have that little golden book sitting on my shelf at home. but I didn't know anything else. And that kept me away from church for a long time. Because I felt less than I felt less than everybody else sitting in a Sunday school. Oh, man, I, went, I used to sweat bullets going to Sunday school with Thomas when he'd bring me home from college because we know Ms. Wilson asked everybody questions in that Sunday school class. She didn't care that you were the new kid, you know, and so I would sweat bullets. Church, remember that. If you've been in the church all your life, please remember, somebody sitting next to you may not know who Jesus is they may not know all the details that we talk about their roots may not be as deep as yours so verse 12 goes on to tell us what Jesus did it said to all who believe in him and accepted him he gave the right to become children of God Yea, me Yay, you. Just because we believe in Jesus, it gives us the right. So somebody in here needs to quit working, thinking that you need to better yourself to be a child of God. No, you need to believe in Jesus Christ and who he is. And then one of my favorites is that last verse in 18 that it said, no one has ever seen God. So we, you know, we've never seen the face of God. We've never seen God, but the unique one, who is Jesus, Who is himself God is near to the father's heart and he has revealed God to us. So when you're studying the scriptures, when you're studying the word, when we look at those red letters in the Bible where Jesus is talking, he's revealing God to us. That's why I tell y'all in our reading plan, make sure when you're reading, you're looking for who God is. That third person in our Trinity is the third article of faith, the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. He's the one we think about, I think, the least, and he has one of the biggest jobs. (laughs) Because the Holy Spirit is that third person in the Trinity. We believe he's he's present now. That's why we pray um, we want the Spirit here with us, which sometimes I think is kind of not theologically sound. Sometimes when we're asking the Spirit to be with us, because if you're a believer, you done brought Him in with you. He's, He's already here. Because this is not where He lives. This is where He lives. In each of us as a believer, the moment you accept it, Jesus. So we believe he's ever-present, that he's active in the church, always working. So this is what I'm talking about. We, think, we don't think about him enough, and yet this is what he's busy doing every day. He's convincing the world of sin. He's regenerating those who repent and believe. He's sanctifying believers. He's guiding into all truth. As it is in Jesus. What do I mean guiding into all truth? John chapter 14. Jesus is starting to talk about when he goes away and, you know, he's he's telling them what's going to happen. He's telling them kind of here's the plan for me. And in chapter 14, verse 15, he says, if you love me, obey my commands, commandments, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later he'll be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So he's our advocate. He never leaves us. And when he's talking, when Jesus is talking to the disciples there, he said, you already know him because he's working. Get this. He said, he's working among you, but one day he's going to be in you. And he was talking about when Pentecost happens. And from that point on, guys, we now have the Holy Spirit in us. Not just around us which means he's with us everywhere we go. Wow, that can get scary. When we think about everywhere we've been this week and what all we've talked about and who, yeah, let that sink in just a little bit. But church, it's easier for people to believe in Bigfoot than it is for them to believe in the Holy Spirit. If I told you I had a Bigfoot sighting, you'd be like, amen. Dalton would be on my doorstep with a camera and he, yeah. Alex would be beating down our door. Yeah, almost busted our door down. <laughs> Amy Joe. <laughs> you remember that night. <sighs> it's easier for us to believe in things like that than it is for me to sit here and tell you, you have the spirit living in you. And for some people that wigs them out, but why? Well, Jesus said... The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. You see, the world, talking about anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, they think we're a little cuckoo when we start talking Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. My brother used to say, oh, are you one of those? <laughs> what, a Christian? <laughs> because that's not a, that's not Brother Burke doesn't have the only access to that. We all, as Christians, remember I said, when we talk about our articles of faith, it's not something different and just weird just for us Nazarenes. These are biblical beliefs that the Bible gives us. So as a believer, this should be part of your roots. The the Spirit lives inside of you. And just as the Father and Jesus are one, The Father and the Holy Spirit are one. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about is number four of our articles, the Holy Scriptures. And this is what we believe about the Bible. We believe, now I'm going to throw some big words out, don't worry, we'll talk about it. We believe in the plenary inspiration of the Holy Scriptures by which we understand the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments, given by divine inspiration, inerrantly revealing the will of God concerning us in all things necessary to our salvation so that whatever is not contained therein is not to be enjoined as an article of faith. In other words, our articles of faith only come from here. It's not things that we draw from the world or from somebody's belief, their own thoughts or their opinions it has to be so so i'm sharing like one scripture for you for each of these but there's a whole list of them by the way that they give as references so this is not something just willy-nilly they throw out now there were some words in there you don't understand plenary this is dr askren's favorite word in the whole wide world and i hate it because i'm like nobody uses it don't you know that like no nobody understands this dr askren Plenary just means the absolute inspiration of God. In other words, we know there are 66 books in the Bible. There are multiple authors throughout centuries here, but they all coincide. Have you ever thought of that as you're reading through your Bible? Like when Jesus is talking or somebody's talking in New Testament and it mixes over here with the Old Testament... Do you know how many years apart this stuff was written? But we believe in the absolute inspiration that God inspired this to put it together. Why? And you heard that word inerrantly, revealing. That does not mean that we say people can't find an era in here when we're talking history because, hey, I find it too. Because I'm like, eh. just, just this past week there was something I read that I was like, wait a minute, we've already read that, and I don't think that's what it said back over. You know, we can find those places where, why doesn't that say the exact same thing? What we believe in, this Bible as a whole gives us everything we need for our salvation in Jesus Christ. So, can you read it to find something wrong? Maybe. Because I can't read Greek. Can you read Greek? Nope. So we we could talk about how things get translated here and there. But 2 Timothy chapter 3 gives us one of the best visions of what scripture is for. So Paul is talking to Timothy. He said, you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. For such a short little paragraph, that is so packed. It gives us wisdom for everything we need to know about our salvation in Jesus Christ. Problem is, too many of you have stopped there. Eh? I know Jesus. No, Paul goes on and he said, it's teaching us. It's teaching us and it helps us realize what's wrong in our lives. That's why it gets a little, eh. It's correcting us and then it's preparing and equipping us for the work God has for us. This is why I encourage you to read the word daily. We were talking in Bible study on Wednesday night. Oh, that was such a blessing to be in person with. Loved it. Um, Which, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I'll read the next three chapters. So the rest of part one, 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 three, one, four, one, five. Um, and if you miss this week, you still got time. You could catch up this week. We still got books back there if you wanna wanna jump in this week with us. Um and just read the whole part one, is what it's called, by Wednesday, six o'clock here in person. It was great. But here was one of the conversations we talked about, and I tried to find my mama's Bible this morning. I think it's packed up, and I didn't have time to dig, dig, dig. Um We talked about our mama's Bibles, remember? Um, Who in here you've got your mama's, your grandma's, your grandpa's Bible? Anybody? Yeah? It was one of my first things I did when mama died. I ran to get my mama's Bible because I wanted to read what she had wrote in it, find her notes. I was looking for my mama is what I was doing. And y'all understand what that is. Um, and, and remember I wasn't raised in church. It wasn't till I already had kids when my mama got back in church. So this would have been just the last few years of her life. And, you know, I found all of her notes. I found, you know, where she underlined, she highlighted things. She had little papers stuck in there where, you know, she, her sermon notes of how it hit her. She had little notes in there about when, one of my brothers attended church with her and how excited she was, or maybe the, all the grandkids came. and You know, she made those kind of little notes. And so we were sharing our stories about that, of how precious that is, and then I asked the question, what are your kids going to find in your Bible when you're gone? Yeah, it was that quiet Wednesday night, too. <laughs> Because see, when you're gone, your kids are going to pick up your Bible and are they going to find where, whether it was sermon notes, you underlined and made little notations and, and some of y'all are going, I, I, I can't write in my Bible. You can't do that. Oh yes, you can. I promise. And this one doesn't have it all in because this is what I call my preaching Bible and I, I didn't want it like, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to get all the underlines and, and. I've got sermon stuff in sticky note form stuck everywhere in it. Um, and maybe I should have brought my first Bible that I used when we started teaching teens. I think Bo still uses a version of this Bible we gave to the teens, right? That Bible is the one that has so many notes of things through the years. My point is, if you want roots... You have to start putting them down. And that means spending time. That's why I said, I encourage you, start bringing your Bible. And I know so many of us, we use our phone. And I've got highlights and notes even in this. And this isn't just for mamas to hear today. Daddies as well. What will your kids find when they open your Bible? Will they find just a bunch of dates in the beginning? Who's in the family? That's our genetics. That's not our roots. Our roots is, what did God speak to you? And I, I, love, I love what Claudette said Wednesday night. She said, you know, sometimes I'd read a scripture and, and how it hit mama. It just wasn't how it hit me on that scripture. Well, no, because the word is alive and active and it breathes different to each of us. So I encourage you to start pulling that out when you're, when you're doing devotions at home, mark in those Bibles, people. When a scripture hits you, underline it. Get a highlighter. Whatever works for you. And, and maybe some of you are even more artistic and got those Bibles where you can draw over in the sides or whatever. I'm, I'm not that good. That would just, yeah. I think Brittany has one of those. I don't know if she ever drew in it, though. <laughs> but the point is, you got to start digging in the Word. It's that important. I am so thankful that you show up here on Sunday and let me feed you. But you need more. When you leave here, you need a daily sustenance of it. Even if it's just one verse, one verse, you know, sometimes one thing I was thinking as I was preparing this message is sometimes we do put the cart before the horse. I could get up here and preach about sin and forgiveness of Jesus. But what about when people have those questions of, but who is God? Who is Jesus? Holy Spirit. I don't believe in ghosts right it's okay to have those questions that's why i wanted to do this series of putting down our roots you know you know what a tap root is tap root is that big root that comes off a plant usually searching for water or whatever and that's the main root that things start shooting off of you know pull a carrot up the carrot is the tap root right and you have to pull off all the little hairs off the side it's okay to ask these questions of who God is, who's Jesus, who's the Holy Spirit, because you need a taproot to start with. Especially if you're a new Christian. Maybe, maybe you've already accepted Jesus, but you need a root system. And my hope is, as we, as we walk through these articles of faith over the next several weeks, maybe you'll find areas you've never taken time to grow in. You may hear something for the very first time you've never heard about. Or maybe you've heard about it somewhere when you were six or seven in Sunday school and you just need to shore up your own strengths. But what I want is that I'm hoping you're strengthening your main root system. Because when you have good roots, it's just a given of how it affects everything else in your life. We had an apple tree when I was a kid that got blown over in a storm and I was so sad. It had the best apples. Do you know for several years after we still picked apples off of this thing laying on the ground? Why? Because the root system was still intact and feeding this thing for years to come. So when the storms come, when your root system is good, you can withstand that storm. You know, Leslie talked about that last week, about the roots, about being on the rock, about being in Christ. Making sure your identity is solid. And that will affect everything else. Stand with me this morning. Father, we come today... And I know this was one of those messages that kind of felt like you know it already. But God, I want to I pray over your people with a challenge today. That they need to be sinking into your word deeper to grow roots deeper. That God, I, I've been focused on this thought of, of what my mama's Bible looked like. And she was a young believer in the end, Lord. And it was evident how hungry she was for your word when I would find uh, paper after paper of her just writing scriptures and writing definitions and writing how things hit her. Her thoughts of the day, she called them. Father, I I pray that your Holy Spirit right now is working in each believer that's here that is watching us online to challenge them how deep are your roots. How deep are your roots in me, in the word, in God? So, Lord, I I pray a hunger among your people for your word. I pray a hunger for more knowledge of who you are. That as we are reading and we, we talk about Jesus, may we understand he's revealing you to us. And he's been there since the beginning. And so God, I just pray right now, someone has been wondering, uh, what's wrong with my life? How do I I deal with this? What do I do? And, And why can't I seem to get it right? Your roots have been shallow. And it's time to dive in and get deep in the word of God. To find out more of who he is. What he desires in our life. What he desires in the church community. And what our whole purpose is. And, and this place, this earth, is not our home. And that's one of the roots we need to dig. That this is not our home. So that we can lift our eyes above the problems, above the things of this world dragging us down and see that our home is with Jesus Christ. And that is such a great hope that we need to spread that everywhere. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your son who came. Thank you that, God, he became human, but, Lord, it was for the purpose of taking my sin. And I thank you that he and the Holy Spirit intercede for us now. So for those that are struggling today that don't even know the words to pray, the Holy Spirit is making those groans for you today. And we praise God for whatever the answers are already coming. Lord, be with your people today. Bless them. Open their eyes to the opportunities when they leave this place to bless others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, go have a beautiful day. Bless your mamas if you have your mama. And bless somebody else's if you don't. Go be a blessing. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.